Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Hey guys, it's Malls. It's a Please Advise mini-up about Southern Charm with my BFF, Ed Hansen. We're on our way to go renew our weed cards, and I figured if we could do one thing for you, it's talk about our favorite thing. Southern Charm. Uh, Ed, are you loving it so far? It's like, it's honest. I mean, it, it's definitely up there in my top ten. It's in my top ten, rota- maybe my top five. Okay, my top three. Of shows on TV right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's so culturally rich. I think that these people, like, it is Vanderpump Rules, but in an elegant setting. And, like, these people are equally emotionally unbridled. Like, it's crazy. It Like, it brings everything to the table. Like, it's it's one of those rare reality shows where everyone's personal lives just imploded on camera. And in a way where it's like, you couldn't... Like that's that's like we scripted couldn't we can't touch like that's crazy. No, I know. Like, so, okay, it's almost scripted, but it's not scripted. It's like it could be a script. Oh, okay. Well, the reason why it's not scripted, I think, like the reason why I think it's less scripted than most reality shows, and we really saw this in the last episode, is because of the unpredictable element that is Thomas and Catherine when their dynamic is like the most insane. Tomcat, <laughs> Tomcat is insane. Tomcat is out of their minds and they are fucking taking, they do not give a fuck. They're like, oh, you're sitting next to us? Well, too damn because we're about to fucking have a fucking meltdown fight. Sanctimonious self-righteous. <laughs> but anyway, is no. Is your mom going to pay your bills? Oh, your mommy going to pay your life? I'm a self-made man. It's like, also like, no, you're not a self-made man, Thomas Ravenel Bridge. You know, Ravenel like, Bridge Rav owns most of South Carolina's daddy fucking, yeah, no. But he has done well in his investments. Anyway, that Good said. Uh, I re- I want to like take a step back and talk about the fact that we are totally team Thomas and Catherine. I really wanted to record this mini up because Catherine alleged or uh, yeah allegedly just failed her drug test her cu- in her custody hearing with Thomas, which of course is linked to her alimony. Um, I think that. Thomas has been gearing up to fuck Catherine in court for years. As he did say on the reunion two years ago, he's like, I'm going to annihilate you in court. And I think that they have that kind of relationship where probably he brought out the cocaine. You know what I mean? And then set her up for that. Yeah. Well, who knows what it is? Like, we don't know. And she, I don't know if she claimed, I mean, we we would have to see the public records on this to confirm because, but I don't think those people are lying. But what if it was just like weed or that, something? I think it's, I see a lot of people were, I originally said it was probably just weed. And a lot, I heard a lot of other people were saying that. And then I heard someone say, no, it's cocaine. I mean, who knows? Let's not speculate because, you know, they're... I'm just saying, I don't believe it. I think that they have been setting this girl up for a loss the whole time, which is truly disgusting because they're all... I don't know if they're wealthier than her, but I think her family, despite their amazing bloodline, has at this point kind of dwindled down. It seems like they have that one house out in the country, and I don't really know if the Dennis Fortune is there, but... 
I, they're all richer than her. They're all like anywhere from 10 to 50 years older than her. Yeah. And they're like going after her. Like, I, I mean, it's just like, it's literally, it's, I, I don't know. I think it's one of the most emotionally violent things I've ever seen. Just like this poor pregnant girl. She's been pregnant the entire time she's on this show. And like, yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting too, because Cam and uh, Whitney and Landon Rom watch what happens live, and they were like, "You guys have no idea what Catherine's really like. She's a drug addict, crazy person." And I'm like in my head, like, um, "Why?" Like, you know, obviously Catherine's wild. Right. We know Catherine's wild. Is she a drug addict or is she hormonal from being pregnant? And also, is she walking around a town full of snakes? I think Catherine's really smart, but as a 21-year-old, she is by default in over her head with these people. They just yeah. have more life experience. I think that her heart is, well, yeah, she definitely has a manipulative quality to her. A lot of people do, especially, I mean, no one is more manipulative than, say, Whitney or even Cameron at this point. I'm beginning to think Cameron might be the most spineless one of them all. I mean, Craig has really done this amazing job of standing up for Catherine and being kind of the voice of reason, outing Whitney for his bad behavior. And then I think Thomas kind of finished the job at this dinner party, pointing out all of the secrets and indiscrepancies there are in these people's lives versus what we see on TV. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that... Um... You know, it just seems to me that, like, they're, it's like a character assassination that they're constantly just trying to pull off on Catherine. And I don't know if the angle for Thomas is to get his kid so he literally doesn't have to give her shit, which would suck. Because when you create two lives, you should, like, be financially responsible for that. And I kind of feel like, dude, are you just, like, are you, if you're trying to pay her the bare minimum, that's not cool. Like, that's your baby's mom. Right. Regardless of like whatever went down with you two, set her up in a night. You have it's not like he doesn't have the money. He has the money to set her up yeah. and give her a nice lifestyle. Like at this point, that's the bare minimum of what he should do because he can't emotionally. You could tell Catherine was in for Thomas. They have a weird Liz and Dick quality. We to were them. talking about this last night. Like they, I do. We both believe that at the end. Oh, is that a new frozen yogurt store? By the way. Where? Magpie soft serve. Oh, what is that? Is. We yeah. should go. Should mm, delicious. Sorry. Anyway, we were saying last night, I do think there's a deep, genuine love. Yeah. You wouldn't have two kids with someone if you really didn't, like, actually have, like, a burning desire for them. And you could tell she's trying to keep her crazy buttoned up for, on behalf of their family, but it's, like, really hard for her, which is, like, amazing. Well, too. people, like, poke the bear with her all yeah. the time. They really do. I feel for her because... But she's all like, you son of a bitch! Yeah! And, like, well, because Whitney has set her up time and time again for a failure and then humiliated her, which, and let's get into our theories here, okay? I'm going to say, well, why don't you give us your theory on Whitney first? I just think Whitney is, like, he's the executive producer. He saw all the talent. He put them all together. Him and Catherine hooked up. I think he was surly and upset that, like, she basically chose Thomas over him. That works into the narrative of him hating her, for me personally. And that also works in the narrative of why his mom would hate her so much. Like, I do think that... I'm not saying he was in love with her, but I think that there was definitely... It was more than a one-night stand, because she had, she had, like, stuff there. And the mom was like, ooh, that Catherine... Like, she... It's like, she had seen Catherine more than once, because no mother on Earth would, like, look at their son's one-night stand and be like, that, like complimentary towards them because they were talking about her family and what a good family she comes from no one says that about a one night stand yeah like, uh, well yeah so my theory is just that 
he was pissed that she got with Thomas, which understandably so, as we all would be if we hooked up with someone and then they started dating our very best friend. I think that since then, she's a little cray and she plays into his hand a lot. And his hand is he knows how to poke the bear, like you're saying. Yeah. He pokes the bear and he waits for the reaction and she gives it every time. I think that that okay so let's say i i'm on on me with you with that theory i think that then this brings up another piece which is is that he wanted Catherine on the show but only if she was going to be his girlfriend and because okay. he knew she would she knew she would steal the show Right. And I think that in his mind, what the show would originally be would be about him and his hot young girlfriend. That was going to be his storyline. You know, maybe they would have an on again, off again sort of thing. Uh, but when she managed to stay on the show and not choose him, that was when he lost it. Now, that is if my theory is not true, which I think is he, Whitney, approached Catherine a la tom cruise and katie holmes and was basically like if you are my girlfriend slash wife if you give me a child i will keep i will like bring you into this world you will like elevate to a new status like you cannot come back from like the status that you will reach as being my wife even my ex-wife i think he really was setting her up to be patricia um and that i think he was grooming her for that and i at the same time, like, I have too many gay friends to say that, to insult them by saying that Whitney is one of them. Like, I, I like, think he's, I don't know, but he's just, the, it's so, like, all of his scenes are about, like, how he's a man that has sex. Like, that, guys who talk about how much pussy they get and how much they love sex and, like, that they don't, they're not really getting laid. The most baller, like, pimp guys I know, the guys who get the most pussy I know, never talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. My take on it is I don't, I think that he just is, like, he's an older bachelor. And when you're an older bachelor and you're set in your ways, kind of the way they're, they're horny. They horny. Yeah. Okay. And like, just the way Thomas, those two fucking, I think he lost. His stabbing cabin. His stabbing. They lost, he lost a bro bro. Like, they're bro bros. And I think that they like love getting laid. And I think that they're like always about what girl they can take down, meaning in the bed. And I think like Catherine was one of those girls. And I think Catherine does fit this weird, like, I don't know, this weird, like, family lineage thing that they also can just value so much. But, I just feel like I think it is I think it's about him getting butt hurt that he lost his bro bro and also lost a girl to his bro bro and I think it's like he's like the he's very wealthy he's got you know all this money and I don't think he's used to not getting what he wants I think he's the kind of man that always gets what he wants now we're gonna go inside the weed store right now but next time we're gonna pick up in like uh you know five more minutes we're gonna pick up when we come back and we're gonna talk about Miss Jennifer Snowden, who I think is uh, a much plays a much bigger role than anyone is giving her credit for. Okay, we're back. We got our weed cards. What's up, everyone? Feeling good. We went to our store, got our gummies, and now we're back to talk about what I brought up to Ed last night. Ed was mentioning that he, friend of a friend, broke up and then her best friend started dating her ex-boyfriend and I was like oh sounds like a real Jennifer Snowden type Jennifer Snowden is honestly 
she is the most diabolical, fucked up person on the show. Like, I, when Thomas said to Catherine, I don't want Jennifer around anymore, I happen to, like, believe strongly that, that Jennifer Snowden had been in his bed as soon as last night. Yeah, I mean... Jennifer seems like I do there's a part of me that likes Jennifer but then there's a part of me that watches Jennifer talking to like a girl who's having sort of a high-risk pregnancy with high blood pressure and then she'll call her and gossip with her and you're like okay she shouldn't be hearing that news they're all like dude she's pregnant chill out and she's like well she just needed to know and I could see them having Jennifer seems like the kind of person who's like not sophisticated enough to moder to to moderate what she's telling the girl who probably shouldn't be hearing that. Like, Jennifer could have withheld that if she were, like, a better friend. But I think Jennifer and Catherine set up a dynamic where they're kikiing about Thomas because they both hooked up with Thomas and they both got burned by Thomas. And I think it started to occur to Catherine that maybe Jennifer isn't... Maybe the hookups aren't of the past. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe it's not as... I mean, uh, Catherine, like, eventually re- realizing that Jennifer Snowden was a bad good, bad friend for her, I mean, happened a little bit late for me, but yeah. I think Cooper actually has been a really good friend to her. Yeah. Gen- Jennifer Snowden, I just feel like, you could tell even in the way she called Catherine when she was at Cooper, with Cooper, looking for dresses for the dinner party, when she called, she was like, hey, I want to stop by and see the baby. How are you and Thomas doing? Like... If she's her friend, why is she asking about her and Thomas? She should say, like, how are you doing? Can I do anything to help you? That's what a real friend says. Not, like, checking in on her tumultuous relationship. Yeah. And I also... Here's the thing, too, is that, like, I feel like it's a total draw between Jennifer and Thomas. Because, like, Thomas doesn't help Catherine's pregnancy either. Thomas is the one who's out, you know, talking to all these chicks while his baby mama is, like, having a high-risk pregnancy. And I feel that... Jennifer Snowden is to Catherine as to Landon is to Thomas. So all of Catherine's like issues with Landon to me seem perfectly valid. Completely. Because that girl is coming for her man and she knows it. And Landon pretending like she's not coming for Thomas is just the biggest joke of all. Yeah. The job didn't work out. So she professed her love to Shep. Then that didn't work out. So then she takes a meeting with Patricia who says that, you know, she should consider Thomas. And Landon was basically like, yeah, I would, but I don't want to have to deal with Catherine. Like, and it's kind of like, yeah, you would be with this disgusting, but I mean, it's like, Catherine's like, I mean, I would, but Catherine, it's like, as if Catherine is even part of the biggest problem of, with Thomas. Yeah. Like, Thomas is a convicted felon. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, Landon is also one of those people who, like, has no... She... It's not even to me that Landon lacks direction. It's that she lacks awareness of, like, how her direction is so flawed. Like, she... Like, when she came into the, that meeting without a website prepared I was literally appalled because I was like girl I thought you were smarter than that like I really thought if you're taking a meeting to produce a website and there's and you're handing someone pieces of paper for a website and he, the guy was literally like I thought you would have at least had an iPad I was thinking the same thing I was like I mean yeah it was a very very rookie mistake like that's kind of a mistake that you make as a 21 year old you right. know what I yeah, mean yeah that's like that's like signing up to play a baseball game and to bring in a soccer ball you know what I mean like that was like crazy like I was like girl 
I don't think she really understood what he meant in terms of like make a template. Like I don't think she realized like this is an online thing. It should at least be done. I think if she had done, I have seen people get by with the shittiest Photoshop jobs and sell the project or anyway, like because all people want it, you put it in a slide, people like it. They do. Yeah. And Landon not having the ingenuity to, uh, hire a web designer or also Landon not having the ingenuity to come up with like a proper hook like there are so many travel channel type situations out there where it's like okay you're a pretty girl you like to travel the world we get it there's 400 million of you what else are you doing right exactly like I was sort of like I what is Landon's unique take on this whole format that's been incredibly done to be honest and this is the other thing with it is that the only people that get away with that and are successful can do that because they have something else that well they have something else like they they can they're actually a good writer or like they studied fashion or they worked as a lifestyle concierge like those are the type of people that you go to for travel advice not someone like landon who you know I don't know if she's a good writer. I, I think her house looks lovely. Uh, I think her house looks lovely as well. I like how she has it styled. Um, that said, it's also not practical. Like, she has a cowhide rug, rug in the middle of her bathroom and in, in front of her toilet. Like, it's just not a practical... It's not the most practical house I've ever seen either. And that's kind of landed. Yeah. Also, like... I don't know. There's just something about, like, I feel like Landon is missing the beat that everyone else around her seems to be stepping to. Like, even her sister was like, girl, what are you going to do? And that freaks me out. I think Landon really is really depressed. Last night, we were kind of laughing about her delusion. And I just think that, you know, it really manifested with the disco party that, I mean, come on. Like, she didn't even think about it. Like, Landon... Your friends are going to be fucking miserable at a party where they can't drink, where they have to do some sort of sport. They are, by all public accounts, huge drinkers. Especially Shep. Shep is number one. You need to have a beer there for Shep. But also, so are most adults who are at a birthday party. Like, you don't say, like, hey, get all liquored up on the party bus (laughs) and then go in there and and sober up roller skating. If I showed up to a party and there was no liquor there, I would smile, turn around, and walk right out. Like, I would literally be like, that would be like, oh, okay. And and here's the thing. It just was poorly planned. Prepare me for that also. Like, I'm not saying I'd be a total bitch about it, but, like, I would need to know that going in and not being, like, showing up and being like, wait a minute, there's no liquor. I actually have to talk to people sober. Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And I guess my greater, like, thought is, like, how you're going to get everyone drunk on the party bus and there's going to be that weird in-between stage where they're, like, sobering up kind of for two hours doing something that they don't enjoy which is roller skating in costume by the way it was like her weird little fantasy that she was executing by herself and i thought it was just like it just showed how kind of like narcissistic she is in a weird way i was sort of like this is nothing to do with shep you're trying to make a big gesture for shep we'll find out what shep likes to do or at least do what he likes to do you know what or I mean? do something that when you say it most people are like 85 percent of people would be like oh my god that sounds really fun like roller it's like karaoke i personally i fall into that 15 percent, but i would say most of the people i know love a good karaoke yeah uh karaoke is one of those things 
Roller skating is a pretty rarefied birthday activity. Like, you don't... It's, and here's the thing. I like roller skating. Personally, I do. and I, I like it, it too, yeah. I just would like to... I don't know. I guess... I'm not trying to throw shade 100%. Like, it's debatable. Like, you know you're going roller skating. One could assume there's not going to be liquor there unless, you know, because that's just not going to lead to a good result. But there was just something so off about that party in terms of the execute. Like, when your when you're birthday, when the guest of honor is openly shit, shitting on your birth, on the party you threw, that's a, to me, that's like, okay, I fucked this up. Well, this is my thought too. Is like, and more even talking about how, that physical discomfort of when, you know, you're on a party bus and you take, like, five shots to try and get yourself to that place. Like, and then for two hours, you can't have a drink. And then you go out. Like, that is... That's how you exhaust a person. Like, like that's how you end a night. You and I are old friends. So, like, when you tell me the kind of birthday... Every year, Molly and I always, like, talk about the types of birthdays we want to have that year. And depending on what that is, we both help towards the execution of that. Whether it's me, if Molly's like, Ed, I just want a small dinner, I'll make a small dinner happen in a setting that I know Molly will like. For example, that year we went to Takes or whatever, or you wanted a slightly bigger dinner, but what did I do? I got a room. Yeah. It was at a vintage LA restaurant. Molly likes vintage LA. And I totally agree. But do you understand the thing that I'm talking about? The physical discomfort of drinking like five shots and then having no drinks for two hours, like at a birthday party, like that makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, I'm just saying like she missed her audience on that one. And when you're the friend who supposedly knows your friend, you don't miss. It's like you need to know your, like, you know, they said it. They said, know your audience. And I don't think she knew or she cared. Yeah. She didn't care about her audience. Yeah. She wanted to look good on roller skates. So that brings me to Cameron. I just want to say that I think the Cameron is a smart girl but she's not my favorite type of girl in fact she might even be my least favorite type of girl cameron's beautiful she's funny you know she seems to stick up for the underdog but when it comes down to it cameron doesn't give a shit about anyone but herself and i think that she wants to continue to appeal to whitney i think that she also has his elevated uh stardom in her head where you know she's like i'm not going on the party bus with them i'm taking my own car i'm going home early cameron's on that level now she's not like the big sister that she used to be and all she wants to do is sell real estate and stay on that show which i think really helps her real estate business um but i would say she I say she permanently lost a fan in me when I saw how she treated Catherine. Yeah, I feel like Cameron could have figured out a better way to realize that you can be friends with Whitney and Patricia and still not completely shit on this girl who, yes, is a little crazy. Yes, is a little messy because she should have. I don't know. If you're going to be the smarter person, then be the smarter person and take the high ground. Like Shep does. Shep has always found a way to not get mired in the drama. He always can be friends with everyone. And I think that Shep handles it 100% correct. Like he doesn't, like when he's like grudges are for bitches, I'm like kind of like, okay, like I kind of agree with that. Like grudges are not good to hold. So that was an inspiring moment from Shep Rose. Yeah. And I, and I also think that Shep, and Craig have the same quality that no one really else has, has with her on the show, which is compassion. Compassion. And none of them are compassionate with the fact that she, this poor girl is like, 
you know, she is young. They all do know better than her. None of these people are perfect. When Cameron was Catherine's age, she was fucking in a hot tub on the real world. Like, 100%. You know, and so she can't look back and say, like, you know. You was with Brad, girl. You were with Brad. You were messy, too. Everyone's messy when they're that young. And you know what? She's been being psychologically manipulated by a guy twice her age. Yes, she's being manipulated. Like, she's being manipulated by a guy twice her age. She has had two children in two years. She's that's enough. Everyone in America is like, that's her choice. She decided to do that. And here's the thing. She did. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't exhibit the smallest semblance of compassion because we all make mistakes in life. And when you make a mistake, have some compassion for it. It just. And as a person, when you say like those are a choice she made yet, those are a choice she made at 24 because she doesn't maybe have all the pieces of knowledge that we, I mean, we look at that and say, that's a mistake. And the reason why is because thankfully we didn't put ourselves in that position where we got pregnant. But I think a lot, you know, I think a lot of people would think like, Oh, I'll just have the baby. I think if cat, I think Catherine's going to look back at 30. She probably looks back at it now already and says, I wish I had waited. I think Catherine realizes she got played a little bit too. I think she is like, if you watch her confessionals, the way she's looking at all this is just like, Oh honey, I got played. And now she's seeing other people and hopefully like, hopefully being the best mom she can be and the best Catherine she can be. And that's my hope for Catherine. Cause I think Catherine's a star for sure. She's definitely a star. And you know, I think that, I don't know. I just would like to see them all getting along better. I think that would be an interesting take to see them all getting along. Um, no, not really. <laughs> um, but that's, uh, that's the end of, uh, this you. please advise mini episode. Um, you guys, three, two, three, four, five, zero, seven, four, zero, eight. That's the number you can call if you want to ask questions about Southern charm or literally anything about your life. Uh, you can follow Ed on Twitter at the real Ed Hansen. What's your Snapchat name? Uh, Edward Hansen one. Uh, Edward Hansen one on Snapchat. I'm malls official on Snapchat malls on Twitter and Instagram. You guys. Have a great week. Bye.